Thanks so much for listening to Pam Dastis Comedy Clubhouse. When we started this show, we sing a little song. It goes something like this. M-U-T-I-N-Y Comedy Clubhouse Comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. High, high, high. I cough a lot less since I started that crazy new vaporizer shit. You know what I mean? M-U-T-I-N-Y Comedy Clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yeah! Yay! Hey, I'm so glad you guys listened to the clubhouse. We have just some hangovers from the happy hour. So I'm going to give it back to your amazing host from the happy hour of tonight, Serena Whiskers Clubhouse. Yeah. 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 You nailed it, Pam! You're the first person to nail it! It's beautiful. Alright, we're closing out the happy hour open mic uh, with our fucking headliner. Are you guys ready? Keep it going for Clay Newman! Oh god, I fucked that up, didn't I? I fucked that up. Doesn't matter, get up! Alright, so I'm like closing and opening at the same time. That's great. Went for went from a headliner to an opener before I got on stage. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, you know, I don't know. I people say that alcohol is a depressant, but uh, I don't know. It makes me feel good. You know, uh, it makes me feel depressed in the morning. But I'm depressed in the morning anyway. So uh, seems like it's no better time to be hungover. You know, than the morning miserable anyway I'm not so sure about my comedy career where it's going I was talking to this atheist the other day and he told me I should have faith in myself I uh, wasn't sure how to take that you know coming from a from an atheist <laughs> I, feel, I think I would have felt better if he was like you should have absolute certainty beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're gonna make it based on you know scientific evidence but uh, we press on. Mark Neuer put his ass on the stage. Just so you guys know, if you're considering doing a bit where you lick the stage right here, don't do it. This ass has been here. Um, oh, yeah, I should clarify. Wasn't wearing underwear. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, you know, we didn't see it. It was just maybe just a little, cr- like, plumber crack action that the, the stage got. But... Um, yeah, yum and yum indeed, yummy. Um, what else? Uh, oh, all the shit I'm about to say I've never said on stage before. So, <laughs> uh, oh, here's okay. Here's a little one-man show I'm gonna do for you guys. It's a scene between a guy named Bob and. Uh, his wife Eugene. Uh, his wife Jean. Oh shit! I think I already fucked it up. This guy named Bob. <laughs> his wife Jean. His wife Jean thinks he's gay, and it goes like this. I think you guys already know the punchline. Yeah. Uh, listen, Jean. Uh, uh, I love you, Jean. Who's Eugene? Alrighty. So that's the fucking joke. All right. Damn, you guys knew the punchline is still left. That's a keeper. All right. Um, hey, uh, let me ask somebody a serious question. Who wants to get asked a serious question? 
Listen, okay. Have you ever heard the wolf cry to the blue corn moon? Okay, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Okay, that's what I want to know. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Can you sing with all the voices of the mountain? Okay, that's what I want to fucking know. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Can you paint with all the colors of the wind? That's what I'm trying to ask you. No? You can't? Okay. Well, we'll work on it. You'll get there. It's okay. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, fucking the other day I farted on Bart. And it was just one of those horrific smelling farts. You could feel people start to like stir and be like, you know. And uh, I don't know. I felt like I should just like apologize to everybody on Bart. I don't know. That wasn't really a joke. But uh, I think it would be funny if you just were like, sorry, everybody. That was me. Sorry about that. So I thought about doing that. Um, I was uh, staring at this woman's breast the other day. But it's because she had a message uh, on her shirt, a profound message. You know, and normally I wouldn't stare at your breast, but if you got some profound message on your shirt, you know, then I'm I'm gonna like read it, you know. You wore the shirt, you know. I came for the breast, I stayed for the profundity, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't fucking know. Oh, what else is going on? Oh, being enlightened would be dope, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be dope? Being enlightened, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh I think, I think, I don't know, man. Personally, I think, like, being, like, not funny is hilarious, you know, but nobody ever gets it, you know, so. <laughs> it's difficult. All right, here's my last joke. Listen, I'm not that great with the ladies, you know. It doesn't always uh, pan out in my favor, and I went on this date recently with this girl, and uh, it didn't go so well. I, uh, she was telling me about her nut allergy, and, uh, I guess she got mad because I was like, uh, would it kill you to let me come in your mouth? And uh, <laughs> uh, apparently it would have. All right, talk about toxic masculinity. Thank you very much. Luke Newman, everybody. Keep it going for all the comics you saw tonight. We got a great show happening tonight. Keep it going for Pam Benjamin. Serene Whiskers Cavadamanamana. What a, it's so great to, to have you host. Uh, no, it really is. You're like a, you're, you're like the M. Night Shyamalaman of comedians. Like, none of us know how to pronounce his name either. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalamanamana. He uses red and, and uh, things in his pictures. It's good. I'm very excited here for uh, Pam Tassis Comedy Clubhouse. Yay, here we are, yay, it's comedians and people, yeah, uh, I live in San Francisco, you guys live in San Francisco, yeah, anybody else fucking freak the fuck out that there's only one in and out in San Francisco, no one else sees this as a problem, like seriously you guys, like there's one in and out in San Francisco, doesn't even have a drive-through. It's at Zivolf. 
for the tourists. You know, they get on the Segway and they go down to the fourth. Sometimes they get in the wrong neighborhood and they're in front of Edinburgh Castle and they say, that is the fourth. <laughs> and people don't know what to say to them because they're tourists on Segways and you just flip them off and you're like, fuck you guys. <laughs> fuck you guys. What the fuck are you doing here? You know, my favorite thing about tourists is that when I'm having a really bad day and I'm at, you know, hanging, I'm like trying to get on the bus, 27 bus at Powell, and I have a frown on my face, and someone from, I don't know, some happy place like, you know, Ireland or fucking Australia or New Zealand, and they're like, why are you frowning? And I'm like, get the fuck out of our country, you fucking foreigner asshole. I'm sad today. I'm an American. I get to bring you down too, bitch. No one else feels that kind of like entitlement to make other people feel sad. Just me, cool. Uh, no, I'm I'm such an entitled white bitch that I couldn't even like be happy about the Warriors winning. Like I had to revel in LeBron crying. <laughs> like I can't even I can't even get joy from winning. I can only get joy from watching my my foes get vanquished. <laughs> like I have to watch them cry <laughs> there's a new beer made by bear bottle brewing called lebron's tears <laughs> it's an ipa it is right up my alley because i can't feel and i can't feel joy anymore more i can only feel joy in other people's sorrows that's like that's like rich lady, white person problems. I'm not a rich white lady. I was just raised that way. I just still have that like thing in my head. Like I'm a communist now. I'm like a socialist. I'm like, hey, we sh no one should own land. We all own the land. But they're like, who owns the land with the new Warriors stadium on it? Like, it's, it's so expensive land. Dudes have been working like 24 hours for the past six months on this amazing stadium. It's much like in Qatar where um, a bunch of slave laborers are making uh, World Cup 2020 happen, 2022. Uh, except the thing is that they're treating them like we used to with the Chinese in 1908 where you make them work and then you put them into a cave and you blow up the cave and then you don't have to pay them. Ah, oh, now they're dead. You don't have to pay them when they're dead. Uh, that's a thing. It's happening right now in Qatar. Yay! This is World Cup. It's so... This is a FIFA. <laughs> money. Follow the money. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be political. All language is political! This is the crazy thing. How about this? Um, the only thing men can't do, they have their name all over. It's called menstruation. I'm like... It's the one thing they can't possibly do, and their name is across the whole board. Menstruation. I have to menstruate, and they can't do it at all. I think it's so funny. I just was like, ah, language is so political. They have control over the uncontrollable. My pussy. Ah, so cute. Uh, knock, knock. Feminism. I can get my own fucking door, thanks. It's like the precept of feminism. I don't know how feminism works, you guys. 
And I think it has something to do with menstruation. <laughs> I'm a human. I'm a person. I am a female. Uh, we are all people. Okay, no one, it's not spelled like that, but boys have a peephole and girls have a vagina. So I'm like, ooh, they're everywhere. And what do I call myself? I can only call myself the only thing I can, which is a feminist, because it's the only word without the word men in it. It's a spelling joke, you guys. It's spelled with an I. It sounds, it sounds like it has men in it, but nay. It's as an I. I am a feminist. Yay! I believe in freedom and equality! And that's why I want to see some sides quote. Now, you guys are like, what? But here's the thing, like PG-13, you can see 180% side boob. Like you cover up the nipple and you get to see that whole fleshy area that is not a genital. And I get it. And so what I'm saying is equality now. So if like his balls are cut by his hand, we can't see those. So those genitals are out of the way. And his dick is probably hard because he's very excited about what's happening right now. So that's out of the way. And what we get to see is some really great side skirt. We get to see some thin, maybe veiny, maybe hairy, like really beautiful side, just like side boob. Side boob is gorgeous. We can all agree that. Oh, it's so is it hangs and it's so pretty and it like it shows a lot about the person kind of and you're like I'd put that in my mouth same thing with the side scrote right like you show that veiny beautiful thing and like maybe it's going to be great for actors who've really lost you know their abilities now like let's say Nick Cage he's old now so his balls hang very low because he's an old man he's over 50 so what I'm saying is that he and Martin Scorsese get together in a film and he's coming out of a pool of water and there's steps here and there's a sunset behind him and what we see is this beautiful stained glass side scrote here it's veiny it's beautiful yeah, it's going to be gorgeous. I think it's going to be the most beautiful thing we've seen in the history of film. You guys aren't on board. You guys, you guys are all guys. No one wants it. None of you have like taken a selfie of your side scrote. Come on, it's 2018. You don't have selfies of side scrote yet. No, just me. Like I'm like pulling my vaginal fins down and like trying to get like. That beautiful veiny thing, like it's just too purple to see through. But you guys have like such a like a skin, like a beautiful thin skin. I'm not on board with that. But everybody wants to see, you know, the 100%, 80% side boob of Lady Gaga in the seventh season of American Horror Story. And if you haven't watched it yet, if you haven't jacked off to that yet, what are you doing with your life? Like, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm an old lady and I've jacked off to that. Was it, I, I'm five, seven, I'm, it was when it was all Lady Gaga and blood and her boobs. The fifth season with nothing. In the, they were in a hotel somewhere, which is like every dream I've ever had. Does anybody have weird dreams about hotels? Just me? Okay, cool. <laughs> it's like every dream of any importance in my life is either the um, summer camp I went to in seventh grade or a hotel somewhere. And I was in one the other night in Miami and I was like, this is a boring fucking city. What the fuck am I doing in my dreams in Miami? It was really dumb.
any of my answers <laughs> into my head. Let's just end this. Let me say something funny like, hey. hey. Uh, you guys are here, uh, $10 if, if you're if, Yeah, hey, we've got, the, the, most of the people here are all on the show, but the, it's perfect. If you're not, please give us money. It is hard to be here. Let me uh, tell you a joke that I wish would make money. Uh, I <laughs> there, it'd be so great. Anybody circumcision his choice, his decision. Anyone else on board with that whole campaign? No one else know about it. It's a thing. Like that, not everyone has to be circumcised. Because some of us have you know fantasies about uncircumcised guys. And what I want to do is I want to pull up a dick and I want to pull his foreskin up over his dick and I want to put whiskey in his foreskin uh, because I want whiskey dick for real. <laughs> I finally want to get what I want. You know, it's, it's twofold. You know, one, I'm an alcoholic and I like new and sexy ways to drink whiskey. <laughs> and two, boys are so gross. You gotta clean out all that schmegma. And the, the best way to do it is with alcohol. Yay, that's so gross. Yay, I'm so glad I can leave you guys at schmegma farm. Yay. <laughs> Summertime. No, it's uh, yay. Yay, me. Yay, Pamphlet's Comedy Clubhouse. Yay, all the people here. Yay. I'm going to try to, oh yes, you can clap. I'm going to try to move this thing up. And, ah! I tried to mess with the thing and it didn't work. Um, I feel like you should go next because you've been here forever unless you don't want it. Like you've been on stage. I even, I was here yesterday and I was like, eh, Serena, you're hanging out here. Like you want to spend this much time at Mutiny Radio over the next two days? <laughs> Like, it's a Thursday, and you're here at 7, and you know that you're going to be here. If you want to spend this much time here, we fucking want you to be here. Yeah! yeah. Woo! Yeah. You guys, uh, she runs a mic over in uh, the East Bay. There's tomatoes involved. Put your hands together for Serene Weeskis coming to you. Yeah! It's a big clap in my face. Yes, my housemate bought me chips for guac. I'm just looking at text things. Okay. You know what? I'm tired. It's been a long day. Let's be funny. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, I, one thing I'm working on. I didn't do a set. I didn't put together a set. One thing I'm working on right now is I was at a cafe recently. Um, and I was just, you know, people watching, you know, watching people, like people watch me watching people, people watch, you know what I mean? It was a good pastime. And I was sitting next to a window and it was see-through as windows do. And I see this dude just do a double take at something inside the cafe and he like busts the door in and he's like, I gotta call you out. I gotta call you out. And he's looking dead at this woman drinking a beer. He's like, I gotta call you out. You're drinking a beer with a straw. <laughs> I gotta call you out. And it goes up to the woman, gets down on one knee and is like, hey, my name is Martin. And then she's like, hey, my name's so-and-so. And he's like, I had to. 
And then she's like, okay, great, have a rest of your day. And he, I think he's a little bit drunk, and he goes to the door, and he's like, how do you open this thing? <laughs> and the barista's is like, Paul! And he's like, <laughs> uh, the straw drinking woman's like, I gotta call you out. <laughs> As a pull door. And then this is the best part. He turns back at the straw drinking woman, stares for three seconds, and then he's like, Kapow Kachow! And then walks out. What'd you guys think? You like my story? It actually happened. It was in Oakland. It was in Oakland! So, you know, this material is just writing itself, guys. Fucking cafes, dude. I don't need screenplays. I got cafes. Okay. Um, There's another thing I'm working on is a bit about... And actually, I had another cafe thing. So I used to work as a barista at a cafe. And uh, I had this dude come up to my counter. And he was holding a dollar bill above the tip jar. And he's like... I clog the toilet and then drops the bill and it walks out. But that's the perfect metaphor for food service. It's dealing with a lot of shit for about a dollar an hour, you know? It's fucked up, you know? And uh, I had this regular come up to my counter. He's this like really tall black dude and he has a really long black coat. Kind of looks like the guy from Blade. But like a knockoff Blade, like a butter knife. Like, he hasn't left his mom's basement in a second. Like, instead of killing vampires, he kills bottles of Mountain Dew. <laughs> you get it? All right, cool. Yeah, think like, think Compton meets Columbine. That's the image. Cool, got it. So he comes to my counter to help him out with some Wi-Fi, and he's like, hey, thanks, baby girl. You listen to Eric Badu? I was like, yeah, like, I know a couple songs. Like, like she's cool. And he's like, all right, all right. You watch these conspiracy videos? Pulls up a six-minute conspiracy video about how Erica Badu's been dead for the past 20 years. <laughs> so we're watching it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and this is, I, I, I need to, this is the actual script. Because this is on YouTube. You can find it. There's a couple thousand views. It's very exclusive. <laughs> it's, so the, to set the tone, it was kind of like the, the, like the soundtrack from, from Interstellar. Or it's like, um, or maybe like a Tibetan monk or something. <laughs> and it's like this computerized voice. It's like, born February 26th, thank you, 1971. Erica Baidu is an American singer-songwriter. This photo of her tells me she is on the dark side of Goat Lucy. The this is what it gets fucked up. The weird, the weirdest thing about Erica Baidu. Why'd you stop? Keep going. Is her long, stringy giraffe neck. <laughs> wow, her neck resembles a peacock with no muscles. <laughs> It sounded like 
Stephen Hawking started smoking some good weed and started conspiring. Anyways, and then it closes out by saying, majority of sellouts have been replaced with artificial human robots. And then he slams his hand on the, on the fucking table and he's like, so what you think? It's like, oh, you're serious? Okay. Uh, I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying it's false. But I don't know. Maybe these photos have been photoshopped. He's like, oh, you're good. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Like, he's the worst conspiracy theorist ever. <laughs> like, the next day, like, busts in. He's like, Tupac is alive. I'm like, what if he's not? And he's like, fuck. <laughs> Just walks out. I'll be back, damn it. <laughs> yeah, that was a real person. Breeds the same air as you and I. It's nuts. Um... <laughs> What's another bit I'm working on? I'm trying to finalize this stuff, man. Um, this is a bit, let's talk about racism. Yeah. Yeah. Hot topic. <laughs> I was, um, I was waiting, uh, I, I was, I was sitting on, I was waiting for my Bart, you know, sitting on some solidified piss. As one does. That's what the benches are made out of, they don't tell you that. And, um, I was on the phone with my mom, just talking in my native tongue. And this white woman comes up to me and she's just pissed. And she's like, stop talking in that Vishnu language. What? Word. But like, for those who don't know like, who Vishnu is, if you were playing a game of Taboo, you'd be like, blue god, four arms. We know the, yeah. <laughs> And I was like, she's like, stop talking to that Vishnu language. And I was like, damn. What an obscure reference. Like, what a cultured racist. Because, like, she could have gone with stop talking in that dot head language. A classic. <laughs> we know it. We love it. But she's like, I'm going to throw out that deep track, that fucking <laughs> B-sides reference. Like, dot head, that's like Kanye West, vi like, uh, fucking gold digger, right? Vishnu, that's like Kanye West's violent crimes. All right, if you don't know what violent crimes is or Vishnu, uh, you don't know anything about black or brown culture. Get educated. <laughs> and fucking, uh, and I'm just like, yo, you can't be using this dismissive derogatory language. I mean, high five for the reference, but like you can't be doing this. And this is what's fucked. 10 feet away from us, there's this other white woman sees this whole thing go down and she's just appalled. You could tell she was a white liberal. And uh, as I'm telling this woman, you can't be using this dismissive derogatory language. That white liberal is just like, yeah. Like a fucking hype person. <laughs> just, yeah. Like she sounded like Lil John in Usher's 2004 hit, yeah. You know, where it's like, bum, 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 bum. Yeah, yeah, bum, 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 bum. Okay, bum, 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 bum. Liberal John. <laughs> I was like, we'll get to you later. Uh, <laughs> and fucking racist lady, she's like, I'm sorry. I was like, that's nice. Are you going to apologize slash not do this again in the future? She was on something. And <laughs> maybe she was drunk. I don't know. Maybe she had some whiskey dick before. I don't know. 
and uh, she's just like, <laughs> and then sits back down. <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, I did my job as a minority. I fucking tried. I felt like I was doing like a calculus test. I don't know if I passed, but I turned it in. You know what I mean? I tried. Uh, and then I get on my BART, and liberal John comes up to me, and she's like, hi, just to clarify, that white woman said Vishnu language, right? I was like, thanks for letting me relive the trauma, but yeah, that's what she said. And she's like, ah, isn't that lady retarded? Bitch, what the fuck? We were just having an argument about words. And you don't even know me, and you're throwing out the hard R like that? That's just not right, you know? And then I was... It, it was just like, you know, there was like Barbecue Becky. There's fucking Permit Patty. This is Transportation Tammy. And I was like, I got to get back at her. I got to do something. And I got off at my stop, but she had a few more stops to go. And right before the doors closed. Great talking, Tammy. Have fun at the White Power Convention. <laughs> I like to think she was in a tin can of her own shame. What'd you guys think? That got kind of real. I don't know. I, d I took out a lot of stuff, man. The social commentary shit, that's hard. That's fucking bullshit. You gotta focus on the funny and then being right. I'm gonna do a seminar right now. What's the last thing I could, I could, uh, what's something I'm trying to work out? <clears throat> we are gathered here today. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna run a premise by you guys. What, what do you guys think? Um, so, the tenderloin is has a lot of shit. Amen. Okay, what do you guys think? I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking no, there's like shit everywhere, and I was walking through the tenderloin, and I realized that everybody walking the tenderloin is looking down because they're trying to dodge shit. It's like this adult version of hopscotch and I think that if you bring a football team in there to have them start doing some of these NFL baby what do you guys think <laughs> cool I'm gonna go kill myself have a good night guys <laughs>
You can see him every time I see him. It happens to be at the Eagle on Wednesdays, just regularly. But he's at other places. You guys are going to love him. Put your hands together for Billy Gauss. Pam Benjamin, ladies and gentlemen, one more time for Pam. Please, come on. Come on. If anybody's earned it, if anybody's earned it, if anybody's earned their stripes. Ooh, buddy. Ah, mercy. Before I get too deep into it, I always do like to take a quick survey of the audience. Uh, but a round of applause. Who has traveled overseas? Yeah. Everybody, man. Got some globetrotters. All right. See, I'm jealous. I'm, I'm jealous. I should stop starting with that because I start from a point of jealousy because I've never traveled overseas. You know, that's a big mistake. You got to travel. So you learn, so you grow as a human. And at this point, it's too late. I would just be the ugly American, you know? Like I'd show up in Milan, like, oh, it's called soccer, motherfucker. You know it. Knock, knock. Who's there? Fahrenheit. You know. I don't want to do that. I want to make a good account of myself. And I wouldn't have to say it with my words. You know, I would do it with my body language. I got American body language. This right here, American body language. You know, like, you know that in a lot of Middle Eastern countries, thumbs up, considered very rude, you know? And in Italy, you may have heard you're not supposed to scratch your chin like that, you know? But the one that surprised me the most, you know that in Finland, of all countries, it's considered disrespectful to grab your dick and spit at someone's feet? Yeah. Yeah. They don't care for it. The Finns, very sensitive people, apparently. Who hurt you, Finland? I don't know shit about Finland. I don't know. Finland, Norway. I don't know any. That's one part of the world. I don't know anything about Scandinavia at all. The only, the only thing I know about Scandinavia is they put the letter J in some fucking ridiculous places. Like, you know, like, J is a 10 point letter in Scrabble. They're out here treating it like a bitch ass one point T, you know? Don't believe me, you can ask my landlord Bjorn. Called him up and said, hey Bjorn, I can't afford the rent. He's like, all right, that's kind of funny, but you're still evicted. <laughs> Farthest I've ever traveled, actually, it, it kind of fits with the with the Scandinavian thing. Farthest I've ever traveled was Minneapolis, Minnesota. I lived there for a couple of years. You know, they got Norwegian stock up there. They're, they're, they're Vikings, you know. It's weird. It's, and I grew up here. So, of course, moving to the Midwest was a big adjustment, you know, of course. Uh, San Francisco really is a bubble, you know. The best way to get your bubble burst is with Prince's Purple Dick. Right. It was awesome. It was. I was there in Minneapolis the day Prince died. And that's sad, but it wasn't sad because the whole city came together. Like, it was a big block party. They announced that he was dead at 3.30 and they had a stage set up by 5 o'clock for an all-night block party. And it was an all-night block party. And I've kind of talked myself into a corner here because I don't have a punchline for this story. So let's abandon it. What my, here's what I learned in the Midwest. You know what they do for fun in the Great Plains? They have these things called pedal pubs. You know pedal pubs? We don't have them here because it's too hilly. Uh, but it's it's like this rectangular thing. People, it's, it's rectangular. You put a keg in the middle and people sit around it and pedal and you like bike around and drink beer. And I get the concept. You know, biking is fun and pub crawls are fun, but trampolines and ceiling fans are both good in their own right. They just don't belong together you know like it's like it's like if I said to you sir like hey would you like to smoke a joint and you said yes and I said great you want to make this joint even more fun taking a practice SAT 
Ja. My chief takeaway from living in the Midwest is that uh, east of the Rockies, it is impossible to have an intelligent, coherent conversation about Mac Dre. Yeah. <laughs> and Lumpia, fucking forget Lumpia, okay? <laughs> like, like, they have egg rolls, but they're not on our level. You know, it's, 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 kind of, it's kind of a bummer. Oh, mercy. This is, this is a bad look. <laughs> Saw a commercial on TV the other day for medication. And the medication was for human papillomavirus, which is not herpes. All this time, I thought it was. Uh, but that's not the point. The point is, if you take out the word human and you take out the word virus, doesn't papilloma sound kind of delicious? <laughs> yeah. Like something you could like serve up hot over a bed of rice, you know, warm the cockles of your heart. It doesn't work for every disease. Cholera sounds like a, they would have feta cheese on it. I don't like feta cheese. Like smallpox, no. Chicken pox, no. Chicken pox pie, maybe. <laughs> it kind of goes both ways. Like uh, if you've ever been to Kansas City, like their signature dish in Kansas City is a barbecue dish called burnt ends. And you're telling me if your friend called you up, like, hey man, I came back from the doctor. I got burnt ends, man. You would have to reassure that friend. You know, like, that's what they got penicillin for. I trust that, but I, it feels tacked on. <laughs> I saw that commercial during a baseball game. I still watch baseball. And I'm hum it's, I never, ever tell people that I like baseball. It's humiliating, you know? Especially someone like around my own age. And you ever try to talk baseball with someone in their 20s? They're like, oh yeah, you like any other old boring shit? You're a ham radio enthusiast? You build ships in a bottle, you big bitch? Like, like, it doesn't work anymore. But I'm going to stick with baseball because I'm, I'm conflicted about football right now. Like football feels... I still enjoy it, but it feels kind of fucked up these days. You know, like concussions and, and you know, like it, I don't like it. Like these days, porn, or fuck, football is almost in the same category of entertainment as porn for me now, you know? Because when it's on, I'm pretty captivated. But as soon as it's over, I'm like, geez, I hope those nice people can find a safer line of work. Whew. Oh, man. Jeez. This is messing with their heads, right? I don't know. <laughs> no more football for me. Baseball used to be America's pastime. But I suspect that's because dick pics used to be very labor intensive. You know? Used to take a minute. <laughs> like, it does kind of beg the question, like if it was like the gold rush era and you got a dick pic, you married that guy, right? I found someone with a camera, drive, okay? Had a nickel to pay the photographer, ballin'. Another nickel, nickel for the Pony Express, double ballin'. Stood still for 10 minutes and sustained an erection the whole time? Potent. There you go. Okay. One thing about old, uh, old Bill Gauss. Got a big family. Big family. And I'll tell you about it in a couple minutes after I do the bit that I intended to do right now. <laughs> oh, man.
chicken pox, smallpox. Let's let's rewind a couple minutes back to that tasty disease joke. They can't cure any of that shit with weed, you know. Lord knows they're trying. They're trying, you know. It's, that's why they made it legal, right? It's because it's medicine. It's good for you now, you know. I'm not entirely convinced that it's good for you though, because I've never had so many goddamn gummy bears in my entire life. Cookies, brownies. It's like. They made weed legal and it's like everybody got a golden ticket. The Wonka factory is open for business. I am disappointed to learn that I am Augustus Gloop. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh fuck, that was hilarious. Thanks, man. People are people are longing for a simpler time, you know? Uh, simpler time, back in the day. Were things really simpler? Fuck yes, okay. They used to have a dance called the mashed potatoes. The most stationary food of them all, you know? Mashed potatoes have exactly one move, the plop and sit, right? Jello jiggles, ice cream melts, mashed potatoes. Ain't got no, to be honest, I can't dance at all and the twist is my fucking savior. Well, you gotta switch it to the right side and now back to the left side. <laughs> this is the mashed potato. Is that the dance early? The stationary bit, the stationary. Oh man, I gotta learn. I gotta learn one dance, you know. Like I can't twist for the rest of my. Life. Oh yeah, funky hand drop. That's a good one. Oh, this is it. Oh, so it's all hand dance. Still, still very simple. My own. I'll, I'll tell you my own. I, I avoid talking about the president just because it's a fucking turn off. Uh, he's. Lazy, I think. Like with the with the nick, he's half-assing the nicknames. Okay, like Crooked Hillary, Lion Ted, Low Energy Jeb was kind of funny. Uh, like if I'm the president and I'm a nickname dick, and I have access to everybody's browser history, my nickname's cut to the bone. You know. Like, I'm waiting for the day that he tweets out, like, ah, healthcare bill didn't pass, couldn't get the votes. Thanks a lot, hentai Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Sooner or later. Bang bust John McCann. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. One thing about old Bill. Yeah, we're back to this. One thing about old Bill. I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you something about myself before I get out of here. Something personal. One of my defining characteristics, uh, for better or for worse, is that I got a big family. Five siblings. Five siblings. That's too many. You know? It's gross. That's five sibling rivalries. Okay? And I'm the open mic comic, which means five resounding defeats. You know? But I don't have a bed. You know who has a bed? My one and only sister. She's got five brothers. She grew up in an incubator of farts and still came out like poised and cool and beautiful on the other side. I don't know how she did, but she's tough. She's five brother tough, and you could tell. Like, I'll give you an example. Uh, when we were a little bit younger, 
it was my birthday and my sister kicked me in the dick because she wanted to blow out my birthday candles ruined my 26th birthday <laughs> all right been a lot of fun we'll see you soon hey billy goss everybody getting kicked in the dick doesn't give a fuck yeah impressive you sound like a world cup soccer player I get kicked in the dick all the time it's gonna happen tomorrow love world cup because I finally get to watch hot 27-year-old men literally make their goals. <laughs> like they're actually, they're like literally making goals. And it's so great to watch 26 and 27-year-old men do that. It's so cool. Because I live in San Francisco. Uh, the rest of them just code and they think they're better than me. Yay! Your next comedian, what an amazing human being he is. He has an amazing show twice a week now at Edinburgh Castle. Uh, it's Mondays. He runs an open mic from 8 to 9.30 and now on Thursdays as well. And he runs a showcase and he's amazing. Put your hands together for TK Moyer! Oh, what's up, everybody? Did I cut the mic you still there? You can hear me in the back. That's what's up, man. There's so many people here, man. Guys, calm down. Calm down. Oh, man. Anybody else been hearing that stupid-ass Drake song all week? Kiki, do you love me? Oh, you? No. So I'm the only black person here, so I'll take that shit as a, as a no. This shit's making up my dad them nerves. I miss, like, old-school hip-hop. You know, the ones you can sing along to. The roof. The roof. The roof is on. You like you guys didn't know the words. There's a lot of little white people up in here tonight. The roof is right there, sir. That's uh, pretty cool. I'm TK Moyer. I'm from uh, North Carolina, the uh, birthplace of the curse word shit. <laughs> you ever heard that before? You come to my, I'm from a like, small town called Yanceyville, right? Yanceyville. Uh, if you go like a, to my church, you hear that shit in church. They'll be like, you on your cell phone. You're going to hell, huh? You keep sending her. I see you sending that text to devil shit. And they'll look just like that when they do it. It works out perfectly, man. Uh, now my parents, like, they were growing up, they didn't curse, though. Like, they, we went to church all the fucking time. Like, all the time. Like, we went to church so much, I'll just say, like, I'd rather go to hell. Like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it no more. Like, I'm, the, the one time I heard my parents, when my mom cursed, she was going to her room, the light was out. And she walked, I don't know why, like, she didn't cut the light on, but she was just walking. And she forgot she had, like, a basket of clothes on the floor. And she tripped, and she was like, shit! And I ran in very concerned like, Mama, <laughs> you going to hell. <laughs> and she was like, first off, God don't like snitches. <laughs> Second off, you tell anybody about this, you're grinding for a month. And I was like, shit. She took a shoe and threw it at my face. My lips have been swollen since I was seven years old. Now the big lip joke in here. Uh, this, whew, we're on the road tonight. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, man. But other than that, man, oh, I, I also learned uh, when I went home last Christmas, I had a speech impediment growing up. I just didn't know that shit because I didn't know. I like they don't tell you in speech class when you're like in a toddler. You just every Thursday I got taken out at two o'clock thir every Thursday. And I thought it was just a cool ass class where I got cookies and cupcakes to repeat after the teacher. But come to find out it was speech class. And my hardest word I had to say was yes. I couldn't say yes to save my life. I would say yes. Like with a hard TH. And the teachers would be like, Terrence, baby, say yes. And I'd be like, yes. 
No, baby. No, baby. Yes. Yes. No, baby. Say, yeah. Yeah. Eh. Eh. Yes. She. Fuck with that shit, man. It's crazy, though. It's cute. You said you have, uh, you have five. Man, that's cute as hell, man. You know how many I got? I'm not bullshit. You know how many I got? Nine. Nine sisters. I'm the only fucking boy. You know how much hell I had to go through? They used to call me like that. They used to pick on me all the time, and I'm very sensitive because I'm the only boy. So I'd be walking down the hallway, they'd be like, you're supposed to be a girl. And I'm like, mama, they picking on me again. And they'd be like, they messaged you, baby. They calling you a girl again. I'm like, yes. And she was like, oh, it's all right, baby. It's all, it's, you'll get it. But it's, it's cool, though. It's cool. Uh, I love my sisters. They taught me everything, how to dress, how to, uh, how to talk, how to dance. They even taught me how to clown people. Like, I remember uh, sister number three, Kim. We were at the uh, at the beach one year for a family reunion, and then like uh, we were just walking. I was like ten years old. I think she was fourteen, and this dude starts hollering at her. You know, it was like those cat calls from aggressive black men. You know how it be? A lot of repeating, a lot of yelling and shit. We're like, I, 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 I red dress. I, I, I red dress. I red dress. I'm talking. I red dress. And I was like, Hey man, calm down. That's my sister. My sister Kim was like, Hey. Don't even worry about it. I'm gonna show you how to. I'm gonna show you how to handle the situation. I was like, "All right, Kim, do your thing, sis." And she walks up to the dude very smooth, and she was like, "Hey, you talking to me?" He was like, "Hell yeah, girl, what's up?" She was like, "Oh, you can handle this." She was like, "You fuck right, I can handle all of that." She was like, "Oh yeah, pull your dick out right now. Let me see it." <laughs> Go ahead, pull your dick out. I'm so hype in the back. I'm like, "Pull your dick out, motherfucker! <laughs> pull it out now, tough guy." Pull that shit out. And at that same moment, my mom rocked around the corner and she heard me just screaming, pull your dick out. She's like, I knew that boy was gay. He was supposed to be a girl. <laughs> fucked me up, son. It fucked me up, man. My sister's on point. Gr growing up, though, it, before it was nine of us, it was three of us, right? It was me, uh, Kim, and Keisha. And we, we grew up pretty poor as most people do uh we and people always ask me like how poor like it's levels to poorness and i have to give like the best examples i could which is you know for halloween you have costumes our costume was dressing up as each other that's what we would do like my mom would be like all right all right all right keisha you're gonna be kim kim you're gonna be keisha and i'll be like ooh. Ooh, ooh, what about me? My turn, mama. She'd be like, hmm, you can be Kim too. <laughs> and the thing is, I would get really into it because I'm an actor now and I didn't know back then it was acting. I just, I just loved the part. So all night long, I, like, I, I, I took Kim's stockings. I had like, we had these baby pillows. I put them in the back. I had like this little dress on. I put my mom's bra, uh, church hat and shit. It was amazing. And I was twerking everywhere, and like it was crazy because she was get she would get so embarrassed, like Terrence, Ter Terrence, and I wouldn't answer. She said Terrence. I only, I only answered. She called me Kim, and I would do it in Kim's voice because Kim had a lisp too. <laughs> so she'd be like Terrence, Terrence, Kim, and I'd be like Yes. <laughs> it was amazing, son. It was amazing. It was a great time. It's funny now because Kim's kids have a have a speech impediment too, <laughs> but they're cocky with it. They're like really cocky little assholes. Uh, one of them, Baby Jordan is my favorite. She has three kids, Kalia, JJ, and Baby Jordan. Baby Jordan is a fucking devil, but he's hilarious, right? He's so cocky. 
Baby Jordan, first off, when he was a baby, he was, he, you know how babies blink with two eyes? If you blink, they'd be like, hey, what's up? Like that, and they'd be like, like hardcore? Like he has to move, like, like his eyes are trying to bite a sandwich. That's how hard he would blink at a motherfucker. Like, hey, hey, Uncle Terrence. And it's beautiful. And he loves to run. I mean, he's a beautiful runner, but he's so cocky with it. Like, if he runs past people, he says, yeah. And it's great, but then my sister signed him up for track because he runs so much, and he knew that he was faster than everybody else running. So he would literally, he wouldn't, like when they shoot the little gun or something, he wasn't that cocky where he'd just sit in the same pose. He would just start off very slow, and let everybody like speed up, and then he would just, he would just start striding and start hitting. All you hear is, it was beautiful, son. It's it's embarrassing. It's funny because you're laughing, but you hear other people like, "Who stupid ass fucking kid is that?" And I'm like, "That's my sister's. You watch your fucking mouth, sir." He's like, "You late to you?" I'm like, "Yes, he is mine." It's beautiful. Oh man! But one thing he did, he got the same Halloween thing for me because he dresses up as Batman, right? But when he, when he dresses up as Batman, you have to call him Batman. Like it's in our blood. I don't know why we're so stupid, but. Uh, we were at Walmart one day. I didn't know this. And, like, he wears his Batman costume everywhere. So we were at Walmart one night. This is back in North Carolina. And he's knocking shit over, like, for no apparent reason. I'm like, JJ, JJ. And I, I was like, Baby Jordan, what, Baby Jordan, what you doing? And JJ was like, hey, Uncle Terrence, call him Batman. He won't stop till you call him Batman. So I was like, Batman. But when I said Batman, he asked me in that Christian Bale Batman voice. And I was, he was like, I was like, Baby Jordan, bo boy, stop. Ba Batman. He was like, yes. And I was like, what the fuck? What are you doing? He's like, I'm saving Gotham. And so like, I got into character too. I turned into Bane from the Dark Knight Rises. I was like, oh, you think the darkness is your ally? <laughs> I was raised in it, molded by it. It was beautiful. It was beautiful, man. My family's like that, though. We, we're all cut. We like to talk shit about each other. Like my dad, my dad is the best guy. He, I had these... Nostrils since I was like three years old. Like they just, I had like big nostrils, little face on a baby. People used to say like I, I had a lot of uh, uh, cute features on an ugly face. Like I had like an ugly, cute teddy bear growing up. I'm glad I grew into my face because it was horrible as a baby. But then I remember one night I was watching Batman in his room, and I was like just laying on his bed like upside down for I don't know why I was watching upside down. And like I told you, my parents don't curse. That's like this is the door. He walks by, he walks to the room. He's like. God damn, boy. And I was like, Dad, what's wrong, man? What's, what's going on? He's like, man, I thought somebody had a shotgun pointed at me for a second. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I love the late laughter. That's my shit right there, son. That is my shit, son. Other than that, anybody else in there has more than, other than you, uh, apparently. Anybody else have more than two siblings? Yeah, or what, what are they? I got four older brothers. Where, where are you in the timeline? I'm the youngest. You're the youngest? You ever get beat up? What's what's the worst? Like I mean, of course you got beat up, but what's the worst kind of beat up you got? Um, oh, the, the, definitely the worst would be the gang up. They you all know, ganged up on you. Have like more than one brother beat your ass or doing some dumb shit. <laughs> Damn, son, that is pretty fucking horrible. <laughs> my shit, it's not even gonna sound that bad now. But my stuff, my sister Kim. It's always me and Kim. Kim was on the phone. Phone. I can't talk. She was on the phone with her boyfriend Travis at the time. And I, they were talking about fighting for some reason. And I was just being a younger brother that's just being just an asshole. And I was like, Kim can't fight. And to prove that Kim could fight, Kim, like, held the phone. Remember the old school phone? You go. 
hoe like that and shit? And why you can like do other shit? Kim literally beat my ass while she was talking to Travis on the phone like that. And I felt so fucking disrespected as a man. As a fucking man, you can't put the phone down and whoop my ass. This is quality family time. What kind of bullshit is that? And so, like, I came back for round two. Because this time I was like, you can't beat me this time. I'm going to make sure I'm going to choke you with the phone line. But we had the cordless phone, too. Remember anybody else? You had those, too? You had the, you had the, the phone that had a cord to it. You had you got beaten stew you have black Pam. <laughs> I got I got a whooping on the morning I got baptized. You know I fucked I because I didn't know what clothes to put on. Like it was a tradition for me every Sunday to take a shower, and then after that my church clothes would be laid out on my bed. I put those on. I got the shower this time was church clothes and play clothes, and I was like maybe I'm supposed to pack these play clothes up and wear them at the church. But I put my church clothes on. My mama whooped my ass in a three piece suit. Holding the phone just like this. <laughs> Stupid. I don't want to get too much into it. White people don't like child abuse, but it's it's great. If you if you black son, that shit is a part of your life, son. I got a, I saw a piece of chicken once by accident. Cause uh, what happened was sister number nine. No, sister number. Yeah, number nine, Deasia. Uh, the baby says uh, she had just she was just I think like four years. What age is that when baby babies lose? They got that snag a tooth. Fucking face where they have no teeth and then they big teeth come in, but they come in like one at a time. Two and a half, three. Some shit like that. I went, it was Easter Sunday. I always get fucked up on like some good some good Jesus holiday for some reason. But it was Easter Sunday. I went to my aunt's house and in the black household, your your mom would always tell you like, Don't go in here and act like you never had nothing to eat before. Translation, don't go in here and act like you never had nothing to eat before. Like you're really, really hungry, right? And so I was like, all right, mom, I'm going to kick you to one plate. I'm not going to embarrass you today. Jesus died or got resurrected today. I don't know the holiday. It's funny, too. I'm going to sidetrack. I'm sorry. Is it weird to anybody else that Jesus' birthday is on Christmas every fucking year, December 25th, but every year he died on some new day? Uh, I'm saying, like, because I thought it was like it would be the same fucking day. So sometimes it's in March, sometimes it's in April. Like, yeah, he died. I'm like, I'm sorry. I've always been confused. Anyway, so I made me a plate at my aunt's house. She made these, like, these tiny chicken wings. Like, you know, the, the Chinese ones? Not being racist, but the Chinese people make them the most. <laughs> and I got a plate of that and some potato salad and some greens and some cornbread. And I got my, uh, I think it was some uh, fresh made lemonade. And I went. And I'm, I'm a big germaphobe. A lot of black people are. So I went to the bathroom to rewash my hands. And I got back the Asian snack too fast and ate all my goddamn chicken. One tooth. Four pieces of chicken. I'm on the fucking bones were clean. Like, oh, it was amazing. And so I, I, so I had to, I went back inside to get some more chicken. My mom was like, like, black parents, they do this thing. Like, they don't yell at all. They just they either look at you like this let's say let's say I'm this gonna be weird to say this now. Let's say I'm your daddy. <laughs> you guys are great. <laughs> let's say we in church and you two are sitting beside each other and you're like kinda being loud, being a little noticing noticeable. As a black parent, this is the this is a look they give you to let you know you're getting fucked up at the church. It's just like this. It's very calm. It's just Now, when black parents are really mad, they yell at you without moving their lips or their teeth. It's a fucking art form, son. 
and they put everything into one word. It's like being in a, it's like being a Walmart and you pick up a toy. You're like, Mama, can I have this? They're like, put the shit back for kick your ass. So I go back, I went and get some chicken, and as soon as I picked up the tongs to get the chicken, my mom was like, put that motherfucking chicken down before I kick your earth. And I was like, yes, ma'am. And I'm sitting there just hungry. I'm not a vegetarian, son. I need some meat in my system. After that bullshit-ass potato salad and that greens, I needed some meat. So I waited till everybody, like, cooled out. It was like Ocean's Eleven, but Ocean's One, because I was the only one there. And then, like, uh, when everybody was, like, going outside and start to leave, I told my parents, I'm going to go use the bathroom again, and I'll be right back out. So I go use the bathroom. I didn't use the bathroom. I was just waiting to make sure everybody was out the house. And when the coast was clear, I went back in the kitchen. Looked around, this is me and my cousin Lil Larry in there. And I was like, all right, cool. So I go to the chicken thing. I ate one real quick, ate another one, threw the bones away, and I put two of them in my pocket. Because it's saved for later. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to eat all this. I can't eat it fast. I can't, like, really. I need the flavor. The thing I didn't realize was khakis and grease don't mix. <laughs> I had my good khaki. That's why I got my ass whooped, I think. It wasn't for the chicken still, it was just the good khakis I wore. Because it's a black household. You get one pair of good khakis, you get to wear to church. You feel me? And to school at the same time. But anyway, I'm in the, I'm in the car. I'm just waiting. Like, uh, my face all greasy and shit. I'm just waiting. Like, oh, I can't wait to get home and fuck this chicken up. And my cousin Larry comes outside and I see him. He's laughing. And he tells my cousin Nikki. And black people can't keep it serious. He tells Nikki. Nikki looks at him and does his face like. And looks directly at me, and I'm like, oh, please don't come to the car. Please don't come to the car. She then comes, it's like it's like 50 people outside. She comes straight to the car. She's like, Terrence, what's in your pocket? And I was like, it's my pencil. Luckily, I did have a pencil in my pocket. It was one of them big first grade pencils, like that thick, like that long. And I pulled it out, I was like, see? She's like, nah, what's that big ass grease stain in your khakis? <laughs> and my mom, <laughs> she was on her cell phone at the time. Boy, she put that shit, like, she put that phone down and whooped my ass. It was amazing. That wasn't even a joke. I just had a flashback talking about chicken just now. You guys are amazing. I want to thank you guys for the time. Thank you so much. Peace. TK Moore puts chicken in his pockets. Yay! That's amazing. That's like a poet story. That's nuts, dude. No, that's that's how that happens. Uh, I I I was a I have an MFA in poetry, and uh, there's a great story that's told about Bukowski when he went to one of those like hoity-toity things, and he puts shrimp in his pockets, <laughs> like he stacks his suit pockets with shrimp, because later, even without the special red sauce, it's still going to be delicious. Poets are poor, I think is what we're saying about that. Uh, poets and comics are the same thing. They're trying to elicit an emotional response. Poets try to elicit it through whatever stupid emotions they try. Oh, listen to the third poem about my fourth abortion. Blah, blah, blah. But the second joke is so funny. Yay! No, seriously, poetry is pretentious and dumb. But it's the same thing as comedy. And your next comedian... Wow, he knows all about that because he's from Russia. He's from an oppressed people that really tried hard this year in the World Cup. And they went kind of far and it's in his country and he doesn't have an accent anymore. But I wish he'd talk about his pants. <laughs> pants. That's like, a, I don't know, a Russian accent. It's like, my pants have 
Pepper. <laughs> I can't do it. Everybody board Chicago. Yay! Pam Benjamin, everybody. Clap it up for Pam. I don't even need a mic. I'm yelling. I got energy. Nice. I like how TK was like, uh, how many siblings do you have? And you're like, three older brothers. Uh, four? Three, right? Four older? Fucking it. It's like, of course you got beat up. Like, of course. Who is growing up with four older brothers? Like, no, they were all perfectly fine role models. So they were perfectly nice, very respectful, have nothing bad to say about them. Like, no, you got beat up. If you have, I think, is I feel like, okay, if there was a rule, it would be that if you have more than one older sibling, you got beat up. I feel like that would be it. Even if you had your two older sisters, you're getting beat up. You're getting beat up. Well, why, why are you pulling back? What? Women can't beat up men? Of course they can. Sisters can beat up. Do you have any siblings? Yes. How many older, younger? Younger. You beat them up? Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's what I'm a, I'm a younger sibling. I have one older brother. Older sibling, you get to beat up the younger one. Younger sibling, you get to fucking tattle on the older sibling. That's how it works. You get to be like, Mom! And the mom is like, that's the deal. You're younger. (laughs) I'll give you attention, but like you're younger. Deal with it. You're going to get beat up. Build a personality. That's the thing. I feel like older siblings are not as like crazy. I feel like younger siblings, you you develop a level of creativity and insanity because you're fucked up. If you're older, you get to do the fucking up, which is its own mess. So, um... I don't know. I'm biased. I'm younger. I'm a younger sibling. I have an older sibling. And, uh, yeah, he's a nice guy. Uh, we were both named after... Uh, well, here's the thing. I was named after my uh, my uh, grandfather, whose name was Boris. My name is Boris. Hard name uh, to fit in with because, you know, it kind of makes you an outcast to have a name like Boris. Like, it's foreign. People are like, vodka, Adidas tracksuits, BMWs. It's a thing. It's a stereotype. It's hard to fit in. I don't know. I've always felt like an outcast. You know, like Andre 3000 or Big Boy. You know, like an outcast. No! Ah! Let's just yell. No. No, but it, it, here's the thing. I was named after my grandfather, whose name was worse because my parents really wanted to name me after my grandfather. Um, so I asked my mom. I actually did. I was like, well, what about my other grandfather? You couldn't name me. Couldn't name me after him. Like, would have been easier to fit in. And she was like, well, his name was Shlomo. So... I think it's Boris is better. I think I'll ride ride with Boris. See what I can do with this. Shlomo, I am uh I was the Yeah, I mean, by that you can probably tell I'm Jewish. Um and that's fine with me. That's fine with me. I I like who I am. I'm proud of who I am. No, I'm not. But you know what? I'll say it. Guys, um unhappy to be here. You know what? It's funny cuz uh unhappy to be here so- sounds like I'm happy to be here. Um, which is the opposite of what it is. I think that's what I'm going to just start every set with. Uh, unhappy to be here. Well, that was fun when I made you laugh about the older sibling thing. That was fun. Uh, there's nothing else to do about that older siblings. I don't know. I knew one girl who had a, a five older brothers. She was fucked up. That's all I know. Like, if you have... You know what? But having multiple younger siblings can also fuck you up because then you feel pressure to be like a role model for them. Like, do you have any siblings? Yeah. Older brother. See, me and you, man. That's what, that's what it is. You feel my pain. 
But you know what? Even no matter how much we complain about what having a younger sibling, like the pressure to like be cool for them, like no matter that pressure, or like if you're if you're like, well, I'm a younger sibling, but like either way, like you feel pressure. When you meet someone who has no siblings, you're like, no, that's really fucked up. You know, <laughs> you meet some, yeah, you're like, oh, you have no, oh, cool, so you're like a loner, like genetically you were supposed to be a loner, cool, if you have a, if you have a younger sibling, you're like, cool, person looks up to me, we get along, if you got an older sibling, you're like, I got someone to look up to, we get along, always had a friend, if you meet someone who's an only child, you're like, shit's rough, <laughs> you had to relate to your parents, that shit's hard, that's like a best friend who's like 30 years older or 16 years older. Really? I'm not making judgments. I'm just saying it's harder if you're an only child. I'm lucky that I have a brother. Lucky that I have a brother. I did grow up. Uh, I was born in Russia, so that does take me down a couple pegs. Um, it's a hard place to grow up. I uh, I asked my mom recently, uh, like, why did we choose to move from Russia to San Francisco of all places, right? Could move down anywhere in America. And she was like, well, Russia had, like, a lot of crime and poverty and, like, bread lines like you wouldn't imagine. And I grew up in San Francisco. We have those, too, you know? Like, have you been to Tartine on a Saturday? You know, that is a bread. Like, right, like, the last loaf in Leningrad is nothing compared to your local artisan bakery. That's how I feel sometimes. It is weird growing. I don't know, like... I'm an immigrant. I like San Francisco. You know, people always talk about right now, like, oh, San Francisco's changing. The city's changing. Like, when I was growing up in San Francisco, like, no one would say the city's changing. I think that's what's changed. People are saying it a lot more often. What's actually changed? That's subjective. I don't know about that. But people are saying it more often. You talk to anyone. Yeah, man, I can't believe this is changing. How long have you been here? A couple months. Well, what the fuck has changed? Nothing's changed. We're all a bunch of techies with bad hearts. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's a weird. I, sometimes I wish I lived in the middle of nowhere, you know? Like Oklahoma. That's, that's offensive to Oklahoma. I got nothing against Oklahoma. I have this weird dream of living in the middle of America and no one cares about what I do and I, like, hunt and shit. And then, like, I vote for, like, Trump. No, I don't. But, like, what if I would love to be... Okay, here's honest political opinion. I would love to be bigoted enough to vote for Trump. Because that seems fun. Like, it just seems fun to not give a shit about any problems that exist in the world. Like, I feel like if we're liberal, we're like, ugh, like, refugees, immigrants. Like, that shit's hard. It's hard to move your whole family from a country where shit's bad and you have to relocate and it's a whole problem and you have to be worried about how the government treats you and you have to, like, apply for welfare and all this shit. It would be so much fun to be like, fuck that. Fuck that person. That person's not me. Fuck that. I feel like that'd be a lot more fun. It's not fun to give a shit about people. That's how I feel. It's not it's not fun to empathize. That's really what it comes down to. I don't like to empathize. I mean, I uh, let's talk about dating cuz we we're, we date, right? Who dates in here? We're dating. We're dating. All of us all of us are on the date right now. You guys don't know this, but all of us are on the date right now and uh, we're not going to see each other afterwards. That's how it's going. No one's going to come back here next Friday like, "Hey, uh, all of us we're doing this." No. Um 
I don't know. Dating is hard. I, I, feel, I feel insecure sometimes. I feel insecure about my wardrobe because I think my wardrobe is inspired by the drop-down menu that goes like sort, price, low to high. <laughs> like that's what it feels like. So it's like an effective form of shopping. Like I like it. But I'm insecure. I don't know. Like here's my problem with dating. I feel like I'm a bad date because I'm like very energetic and I have a lot of energy and I'm very anxious and neurotic and it's just not a good energy because like if you meet someone with this kind of energy, most people assume I have cocaine. And I don't. I don't. Even if you wanted cocaine, I have anxiety. I can give you that. That shit's way stronger. Right? I just feel like I'm a lot to put up with. I don't think I'm a good date. Like that's why I don't date women. I think they've suffered enough. That's, look, look, I'm not gay. I'm just considerate. That's the way I see it. That's what I do for feminism. What do you do? I, I masturbate. <laughs> that's, that's my contribution. What's that? I'm a good feminist. Fuck yeah. Can I get that in writing? <laughs> just like, good feminist. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to be of, you know what's hard? Like, I used to date a girl that was conservative. And she was like, uh, and she was pro-life. And it's hard because it, when I try to argue that you should be pro-choice, I was like, well, I'm just another fucking dude telling her what she should do with her body. That's fucked up. But her opinion is more fucked up than me doing the fucked up, like, right? Like, that. Fe it feels so weird. Like, she, like, here's the thing. Okay, let's say you're a dude who's pro-choice and you're dating a girl who's pro-life. You're like, hey, you should be pro-choice because it, like, your body, your choice. And she's like, well, I ch choose to fucking, you know, do the thing. Like, or not do the, like, it's weird as a guy to force or, like, even imply to any woman what she should do with her body. But at the same time, it's like, there's a clear right and the wrong. That's how I feel. You right? Who doesn't love a white guy talking about politics? I feel like, isn't it the best? It's like, oh, you clear. You know what's funny? As a white dude, you grow up being like your opinion, like in politics, your opinion with regard to other oppressed people fucking matters. And then if you grow up like as a person, if you grow up as like a member of a community that is oppressed, you grow up with like your opinion doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> and then you end up being old enough to vote. <laughs> and it's like, well, let's let them do the fucking voting. Like, it, I don't know. I, I'm so... It's hard to make a difference. Don't you feel that way? Like, we're all feminists in here, right? Yeah. We're all feminists, right? I don't believe. That was weird. Sure. Can I tell you on story? I was on, a, I was on a plane once with my family. We were going on a family vacation. And uh, we were sitting by the doors, which is like a super security problem. Like, they have to... Here's the thing. Uh, airline attendants have to come up to you if you're sitting by the door and be like, in case of an emergency, do you feel comfortable opening the door and letting people out? Um, and my dad, who has poor English, was like, sure. Like, that word, sure. And she was like, we don't feel comfortable with you sitting here. <laughs> like, we don't. Like, I, I was like, yes. Because I know that's the answer she was looking for. Yes, I feel comfortable opening this door, letting people out. You can trust the lives of all these passengers on me. And my dad was like, sure. <laughs> She's like, no, nah, fuck no. Like, we're not going down. And then, like, stuck in this... Airbus, because you said sure. That's weird to say sure. Right, Pam? Pam, you're a feminist. We're feminists. If you tell a woman that she's a feminist, are you the problem? Yes, that's the answer. Um, sure. That's fine. There should be a march of just white guys. They're like, 
No, that's not going anywhere. Right <laughs> but it, that does make me laugh on the inside. Like, can you imagine just a bo- ah? Fuck it. You know what? No, imagine it. It's like John Lennon. Ima- imagine just like a bunch of what? The, the, that's the craziest thing. All these marches, whether it's for like poli- against like police brutality or like anything, it's a lot of white guys, which is like we know. Like you're not the like, like. God damn it! I would love to be a part of one of those YouTube videos where instead of like comedian owns heckler, it's like heckler fucking puts comedian in place. <laughs> like just like a white dude that's like, I think it should be this way, and then the heckler's like, hey, and the comedian's like, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I guess you're right, you're right, you're right. You have a good point. Like I am not a part. You, you're right, you're right. You got like you do you, man. You want to do more time? No, okay. Um, <laughs> we're having fun. Um, no, it's weird. It's weird with me. You know what's weird about dating? I have a. I don't know if you've ever felt this. I don't know if anyone's here ever felt this. Do you ever feel like it's hard to state your actual intentions of what you're looking for? Like that's something I really struggle with. Like I'll go on a date and I'll be like, I am looking for a short-term thing. I'm not looking for any commitment. I just like I'm exploring. I don't want commitment. And then she'll be like, I'm ready to like settle down and have a family. And I'll be like, cool, let's have a wedding. Like, I'm so ready to just give away all my like priorities or like, like, yeah, I don't want to settle. Like, yeah, we should have a kid. Let's name him Shomo, my grandfather. Like after my grandfather, I feel like that'd be good. It's crazy to me that someone would go on a date and be like, no, this is what I want. And if you don't fit that, then this is going to be a bad date. Because at the end of the day, I just want to have a good date. You know what I mean? You ever hang out with someone? It's like, you just want to have fun hanging out. Even when they're like, hey, you know, I think refugees in cages is fine. It's like, yeah, okay, sure, sure, sure. Instead of like, no, what the fuck? Like, that's wrong. Clearly, that's wrong. I live next to a hospital. Does anyone? Here's the thing. Here's the weird thing about living next to a hospital. I've only lived there for like two months, and I take the bus every day. And the bus next to a hospital is really just an undersupplied ambulance. <laughs> and sometimes you hear shit that makes sense, like, "Hey, like from the back of the bus, you like, hey, I need a bandaid." Like, okay, it makes sense. We're like totally, totally. Sometimes you hear other shit, like, "Hey, does anyone have a defibrillator?" You're like, what? A defibrillator? Are you kidding? And then the word, like, I thought that was bad. Like, I honestly, in my head, I had a thought, like, not good, not good. This is bad. And then I heard someone say, never mind. What? What just happened in here? What? In the back of this 9R? What happened? This is crazy. It's good we're going to a hospital. That's lucky. I grew up in San Francisco, and I feel like, um, I feel like I know why you never hear about anyone committing suicide on the tracks of Muni. That's because no one has that kind of patience. (laughs) Right? No one's going to lay there for like 52 minutes while the L sits at Civic Center. No one's doing that shit. That's what it feels like sometimes. It's always crazy to me when someone says like, oh, there's so many jumpers on the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, because fucking Muni sucks. That's what's stopping it. Do you have a comeback, Serenity? Can you just like, ah, we're having fun. Did you light me up, him? You did? It's okay. About two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, 
Well, it's like a three-minute light, though. You know, like it's like a three-minute light. God damn it, Serenia. I wish you took a video of that so you could do Heckler Owns Comedian. All right, guys, make it live for Pam Benjamin. It is, it is so great that he talks about things like dating, you know, like, hey, I know about dating. Some people say raise the bar. Some people say lower the bar. I say meet at the bar, you dumb millennial fucks. You don't need all these apps. Like You could just meet at the bar. Cool. Are you Jeremiah Joseph? Yes. Yes, you are. Our headliner. I'm super excited. You're from far away, not from here, and we're the we are we are a wrapped audience. And when people go, oh, but there's not as many people in the audience as there should be. There's a listening audience of thousands of people, and they're all there. Everybody on the listening audience go, hey, hey. See, I did it for them. Like, hey. They're there, they're there. We can hear them. Hey, everybody, put your hands together for Jeremiah Joseph. Yay! Thank you, Pam. Thank you, Mutiny Radio. Um, there must have been some confusion because I am a San Francisco resident. But yes, I am. Yes, I am. Um, like I said, my name's uh, Jeremiah. Uh, I live in San Francisco. Um, I love living in San Francisco, but San Francisco has changed a lot. Um, and I think it's time we bring San Francisco into 2018. I think we need a new mascot. I think we need a new slogan. Uh, like, for example, when New York became the spot to be, it was New York. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. I like that. It's short, sweet. You know what they're about. I think San Francisco should be San Francisco. If you can make it here, you can probably afford a 60-acre pig farm somewhere in Kentucky. I think we need a new mascot as well. I think it should be a white girl in a $1,300 free people outfit with a floppy hat and a margarita in one hand. And it's just a boomerang of her doing this. <laughs> Hashtag San Fran. <laughs> no, I love living in San Francisco, but I work in South Bay. And the issue with working in South Bay is I have to drive on 280, the place where Californians go to kill each other every morning. Um, seriously, for a state that prides itself on how zen the residents are, I find myself continuously astounded by what happens on that road every day. My issue is you should never hit the highway with the confidence of a 12-year-old who just got star power on Koopa Troopa Beach circa 1998. If I see one more Prius C hauling ass from San Jose to San Francisco like the fate of Western society depends on them getting the craft cocktail happy hour in the marina on time. I'm finally just going to write a passive aggressive status about it on Facebook like any other good Californian would. <laughs> no, I, uh, I love San Francisco. I love living in the Bay. And one of the beautiful things about living in the Bay Area is it's such an incredibly diverse place. Uh, but because of that, I've never been more racially confused in my life. And what I mean by that is everybody asks me if I'm something different. Um, I'm sure one of you probably thinks I look like a Middle Eastern Uber driver you may have had before. 
somebody thinks I look like their Israeli cousin or someone's going to test my Spanish after the fucking show tonight. <laughs> um, but for anybody who can relate, um, have you ever like had one of those people who just feels comfortable walking up to you and hitting you with one of these? Just like, a, wait, what are you? What are you? You know, and then they just feel comfortable turning it into a guessing game. Just let me guess. No, I'm good at this. Let me guess. They just start hitting you with questions from like way out of left field. Like, all right, so your mom's having a dinner party. What time does it start? It's like, what? I don't know, like eight o'clock or something. Oh, eight? Too early, not from the Catalan. <laughs> It slowly, slowly gets a little weirdly specific, just like, all right, so your mom's making a tzatziki sauce, and she, oh, gotcha, your mom makes a great tzatziki sauce, doesn't she? No, you're doing that thing with your face you guys do, you are that, you are. It's like, no, bitch, I'm not Greek. <laughs> slowly gets a little bit racist, just like, all right, fine, your dad's drinking a 40 and fixing his El Camino on the front lawn. He drops his wrench. What language does he curse in? It's like, bitch, what? <laughs> no, I, uh, for me, like, I went to school in South Central Pennsylvania, which is like, you know, it's, uh, it's a nice place, but for the rest of the people in Pennsylvania, it's affectionately referred to as Pennsylvania. Nice people, but not anything different in terms of values than you'd find down south. Um, and so I used to get drunk and get myself in trouble with the rednecks and the townies and shit. And like, have you ever pissed somebody off so much that they want to say something racist to you, but they get confused and just unfurl it all at once? Just like, you're a camel. Why don't you swim back to, I bet your mom makes a good tzatziki sauce. Oh, I, uh, I have a roommate. I live with my girlfriend, um, which is really just a nice way of saying neither of us could afford rent anymore. So we aggressively accelerated our relationship to move into a studio apartment in the back of a Chinese restaurant. Uh, <laughs> we like it. Uh, we share the property with a small family of three raccoons. Um, they're, they're nice. Um, if, as long as you can get past the rummaging through the trash at four o'clock in the morning every day. Um, which is actually not different than living in any other predominantly Asian neighborhood in San Francisco, except instead of a kindly old Asian woman who looks like the hunchback of Notre Dame collecting your recyclables, it's a few woodland animals fighting to the death over a ketchup-smeared jack-in-the-box receipt. Um, <laughs> But no, I, uh, I love living with my girlfriend. Um, there's certain things living with a woman that you learn that you could never learn as a single man. Like for example, if it says makeup wipes on the package, don't use it to wipe your ass. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but no, honestly, like living with a woman, there's just like certain things I just like can't stand to hear anymore. Like, for example, I'm sure every girl in this room has said this to their significant other before. I'm sure every guy has heard this from their girlfriend before. Um, this is a scenario. She's like snuggled up in bed and you get out of bed to get your phone charger or something like this. And she just hits you with one of these. Babe. Yeah. While you're up. Just like classic girl snuggled in bed line. While you're up, 
I want a water, but I want it half filled with crushed ice, and I want a tall glass and a short one, and I want it with water from the fridge. I want a straw, but I want a pink one, not a blue one. For some reason, while she's saying it, she's just got that I'm being tickled by a ghost right here face. Just while you're up, can you rearrange all the eggs in the carton into the shape of a sailboat? <laughs> Babe. Yeah. While you're up. Key wrote a dissertation on why 9-11 was actually an inside job performed by Bush Cheney and the rest of the Carlisle group. Just while you're up. <laughs> um, no, but I, uh, my girlfriend, she's an absolute sweetheart. And I think that's what makes her a great first grade teacher. But like any good elementary educator, she's got a really strong teacher voice. You know, like the voice they use to control the 30 little demons they're surrounded by on a daily basis. Just, no, Caleb, we don't stick the smelly markers down the front of our pants, honey. That's not where we put those. Or, no, Tanya, we don't pee under the slide at recess, honey. That's not where we do that. And the thing about the teacher voice is, when she uses it on kids, it works. But when she uses it on me, it just pisses me off. Like when she uses a teacher voice on me, it's just like, no, Jeremiah, we don't throw up in the shower when we're hungover. There's chunks in the drain now. We don't leave our eight ball on the counter, Jeremiah. That's not where you put the cocaine. <laughs> And the thing about the school she teaches at is it it's all like really rich kids and parents. And the thing is, is like none of these parents want any consequences for any of their children's behavior. And I'm not saying like beat the kid's ass, but if he's got a problem with stabbing other children with a pencil, maybe do a little bit more than say, what would Gandhi do before pushing him into a room with his next 23 victims? You know, like I said, I'm not saying beat the kid's ass. For me, I grew up with four older brothers and a construction worker for a dad. I've got like a, like a solid like 13 or 14 years of getting my ass beat under my belt, which is basically a PhD plus five years. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, but like on the flip side, have you ever met one of these like at, like psychopaths who thinks like that's their number one gripe with the millennial generation is just those millennials didn't get the belt enough, you know, just one of these crazy people who thinks that somehow the fact that they got their ass beat over how many yogurts were left in the fridge when their dad had a bad day at work somehow made them a better person today. Like for me, the only thing getting my ass beat as a kid did for me as an adult is that somehow now innately without looking, I have the ability to dodge a boot aimed at the back of my head. Just it's like, <laughs> you can't teach that. That's years of on the job training. You know what I mean? Just 23 feet per second, 60 degree angle. Better luck next time, Sam. <laughs> No, but um, the thing about getting your ass beat by your parents is like once it starts, nobody, nobody can help you. It's actually a lot like getting your ass beat by the police. If anybody tries to jump in, they're getting their ass beat too. And if it happens in the parking lot of a jack-in-the-box, the rest of your friends and family are going to watch it on your brother's Facebook live stream. <laughs> um, speaking of Facebook... 
Fuck Russian trolls. The worst part about Facebook has to be these fucking cooking videos. I am sick and tired of the fucking cooking videos. Uh, 2017 was the year that BuzzFeed, like some kind of mad scientist, tried to convince us that any dish can be buffalo chickenized. Like some guy was just sitting in the back of the writer's room for the food videos and had a fucking epiphany. Like, wait a second, guys. Now, uh, just hear me out on this. Um, you know the buffalo chicken dip? Let's take that shit and put it in everything. Shells, buffalo chicken shells, lasagna, buffalo chicken lasagna, sushi, buffalo chicken sushi, tacos, buffalo chicken tacos. Like they just got mad with power and started worshiping at the altar of buff buffalo chicken. And so it was decided all dishes shall have buffalo chicken inside it. Amen. And like how far is too far? How much shit can they wrap in bacon and stuff with mozzarella cheese before we start calling bullshit? Like, and all these videos, they always have the cheesy pull-away money shot. Why does that make me feel like there's something sexual about food? There is something subliminal about that that they definitely <laughs> figured out. Uh, I just want to go down to the BuzzFeed office, just kick in the door and start stuffing the secretary's ass with mozzarella cheese. It's just good enough for you people! Is this it? <laughs> uh, Alright, thanks guys. I think that's my time. My name is Jeremiah Lodis. I'll see you guys around. Jeremiah Joseph! Yay! I saw it too. Those those um those cheese sticks. You could put those on all kinds of orify. I mean, I don't know what orifices are. Is orifices orifices? But the plural of orifices would be orify. I don't know orify. I mean, it's the they're the Delphi. I don't know what's happening. You guys stuck it out. I've got pop food for everybody here. Thank you for holding out, people on the show. The other people that left, they they missed their chance. Uh, uh, Mike Spiegelman's looking through the door. He's alive. Everything's cool. Um, thank you for being a normal person and coming with your boyfriend type person so that this isn't insanity because Serini's like, she put up a cot here last night. I saw her here at seven o'clock yesterday and I'm like, you're just living here now, right? You're just hanging out. I know you're like, get the, get me the fuck out of mutiny radio. That's what we're all about. No, it's a great place, but I'll give everybody pot food and thanks for hanging out. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I'll leave you guys on a joke that I didn't, I don't, I can't, the problem is I can't remember which jokes I did or didn't do is the problem at this point. I'm like, fuck me. I already talked about in and out and I already talked about my period and I'm already talking about whiskey. Um, I swear I have other good jokes. What is one joke? I, I already told you my World Cup joke, which I'm so proud of. It's tomorrow, World Cup joke. Yay. <sighs> no, I could talk about how San Francisco Church, but I'm trying to think of a joke. I'm trying to think of a joke where I have where I have a real punchline to it. No, it's absolutely a change. San Francisco has changed so much, you guys. It is... 
so crazy. I now you know San Francisco hasn't changed. Just my perspective in San Francisco has changed, and a lot of people know me now, and they go, "Wow, Pam, you are really an alcoholic." And I say, "Nay, you didn't know me ten years ago. Ten years ago, I was having sex in the alcoves of people's driveways." on the way down 19th Street. I was like, we're leaving a bar. We can't get to my house. Let's have sex in these people's. Now I'm like, oh, that's their, they, and sometimes people put signs where they're like, this is not a toilet. This is our doorstep. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But can I have sex there? Like, is that, I used to have a problem. I used to have a problem in San Francisco uh, with bars with bathrooms that had locking bathrooms. This was a thing. I was like, Fuck yeah. This is when I was a super alcoholic. I was like, fuck yeah. Like you don't, like the bathrooms I hang out now, like anybody can walk in here. But if it's just a one person one with a lock, you can have sex in that bathroom. <laughs> and you know what's funny about being drunk in, in a bathroom and having sex is you usually don't remember it the next morning. So it's like it never happened. No, I, you're still young you still have a whole life to forget isn't that great like I'm already there I'm already 43 turning 44 I've forgotten so much now I'm actually remembering shit and I'm like is shame a thing I've been a comedian for 7 years now and I'm like is shame a feeling I should be feeling is that a thing that people do like I don't I'm I've been more sober now, and you, you're like, really? You're more sober now than you've ever been in your life? Absolutely. I'm, yeah, no, it's, I know, but I still drink a lot. Yeah. But could you imagine me 10 years ago? You would have been, you were like 12. You would, we never could have been friends. You weren't even born yet, and I would have been. I'm yeah. I love drinking. What I'm saying is that I will never have children because I love drinking so much and I'm a responsible adult. And I think other responsible adults who like drinking should say to themselves, hey, I don't want to have kids and I'm a responsible adult. And then maybe we can have some positive role models for other people other than people that want to have married and kids things bullshit. Like what if there was like a female person who was like, I love drinking and I'm a responsible adult. I'll never drive a car. I'm just gonna have a good time, be drunk, not hurt anybody. Where is my movie? Where is my heroin? I mean, I don't want heroin, that's my point. I just want alcohol. Do you get it? Like I don't wanna do heroin. Weed, weed and alcohol. Okay, thank you guys for being here so much tonight on Fantasy's Comedy Clubhouse. Sun Tzu's been in the back. I've got pot treats for everybody. Do you want to, does anybody want to like say where they're going to be this week at shows or in the, you want to play some, you want to, go, go, Serene, do the thing and talk to the people about oh. this stuff. Hey, look, it's my voice again. You've heard it way too much tonight. Oh, this is good. I can't top that. Why would, why would they come to my show and they can hear that? <laughs> Let's see what what shows. I got the uh, fuck it. I got Tommy T's on Wednesday, and uh, it's in Pleasanton. It's accessible by Bart. It's accessible by Bart. Uh, I've got um. This is not updated. There's. M- <laughs> I'm more successful than this blank calendar. 
up my own website. Huh? I run a show. Oh, next week I have my own show at Certified Fresh in Berkeley. Uh, I got I got a website, SerenaComedy.com. <laughs> um, I'm on fucking oh Starline next week. That's a Monday. That's a Monday show. I'm on the layover on Tuesday. That's also accessible. Um, and if anyone wants to hang out with me, my number is six. No, I'm just kidding. Not good. Hey, Annette! Hey. What's up? Cool. Does anyone want to play stuff? Uh, my butthole? I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, with mozzarella sticks up top! Oh, yeah! Fucking full circle. So SF has changed. <laughs> um... We're getting a new showcase up and running in Bayview at FDR Brewery. I think the first, our first showcase will be August 23rd. It's a Thursday. And then we're moving to Saturday nights. So be excited. Yay, <laughs> and come, come get booked on the show. <laughs> Yay, FDR Brewery. And uh, hey, uh, a comedian just walked in, so we might as well give her a set. She had an amazing joke last night about analingus, which stuck with me the entire time. I, I thought about I had a dream about it last night. Actually, I had a dream last night that Joe Gorman was in, and I like tried to snuggle up to him in a weird way, and then he was like, you're no Monica Lewinsky. Like, where's the analingus? And I like got all uncomfortable. It's because of your joke. Hey, everybody, put your hands together for Annette Mullaney. Yay! Yeah. Oh, no, it's for you from yesterday. Hey guys, how is it going? Yeah. Yeah. Does this show have a theme or? San Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco. And racism. I mean, I got to tell you guys, I love how the city has changed. I love buffalo chicken. I recently stopped being a vegetarian. I was vegetarian for seven years. Thank you. Um, I got to say, the whole time I was vegetarian, the best part was the guilt in other people's faces when I told them I was a vegetarian. Cause like, we all know we should, right? Like we're, we're killing the planet because we like to eat pigs. We're absolutely killing the planet. But I gotta tell you guys, it's so much easier to not live by my morals. Like it's insane. I walk into a restaurant and I'm used to pinpointing the two vegetarian options and now I'm like, the whole menu, I don't even know what to do with this choice. It's too much, it's too stressful. Plus, I find that that, what I really got out of it, the guilt in other people's eyes, I can still get if I just lie to them about being a vegetarian. Yeah. So that's what I'm on. Um, gotta be careful though, because when you tell someone you're a vegetarian and then they see you order a chicken sandwich, gets a little weird. Gets a little weird. But yeah, I love all the things we're talking about. So I'm down with buffalo chicken now. Recently found out about it. It's good. Down with racism. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> oh, are you guys yeah. are you guys not fans of racism? No. You're a fan? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what would you write jokes about? Like existence? Fucking, I don't even know. What do people write jokes about if it's not banging or racism? Or banging racism? 
Uh, speaking of which, <laughs> racism in the city is changing. I don't know if that's the reason. God, don't you guys hate? Don't you guys hate these techies? Am what am am I a software engineer? Yes, but I will let I will have you know I am terrible at my job. Like a couple years ago, I learned that you know what nobody was gonna listen to me in a meeting anyway, so I just stopped paying attention. I'm scrolling Instagram and my career is doing the exact same as when I gave a shit. Like that's really like ladies. Don't lean in. Don't lean in. Just lean. Just take a break. Just chill. They're really If when you're the token woman on an engineering team, you can really just get away with anything is what I'm saying. Uh and I highly highly suggest it. Um but back to racism. Uh I'm I speaking of which, uh I've my boyfriend's black right now. He's a black yeah. dude. Thank you. Thank you. It is a, uh, he's, so he's a chameleon. Um, he, uh, I just mean my boyfriend right now. Not that this man changes color, but that historically my boyfriends have been a goddamn United Nations of me trying to upset my parents. Uh, <laughs> No, my boyfriend's black now. It's been chill. Um, but I wasn't ready for like how other people would talk to me about my boyfriend at times. Uh like I didn't come up with that, you know, get back at my parents thing. That's been asked to me hella times by people <laughs> where they're like, "Oh, dating a black guy. Mad at your parents?" Like, no, I got that out of my system with my first marriage to a Syrian immigrant. Uh <laughs> They were <laughs> They're unhappy about that. They're so happy my current boyfriend is an American. Uh I'm from Michigan. Um but yeah, also it is so dehumanizing how often people I know, people I thought that were, you know, woke adjacent at least, uh talk about his genitals, right? Like I'll go to brunch, I'll introduce them to my boyfriend. He'll turn around and they'll go, "Good job, lady." Yeah. Yeah, I'm making for the radio. I'm making a big dick hands motion. Which is are you really going to reduce this beautiful complicated fucking manifestation of the divine to a dick? Right? Plus we all know you don't date a dude for the dick. You date a dude for the tongue. <laughs> That's right. And my dude is down like a fucking pig at the trough. <laughs> Jesus Christ, do I love him. Uh but yeah it's been weird cuz I feel like when you date someone from another race like you have to deal with racism sometimes which clinches my asshole right up uh I'm not ready to talk about that I'm like what are the minefields what can I say what can't I say cuz big mis like big misunderstanding where people think if you date people from other races it means you're not racist when it really just means you don't let your racism cock block you <laughs> Right like I'm catching these dicks too quick to look for color is all I'm saying like I'm not going to say where my racism game is but it's lower priority than my hoe game uh is the important lesson um but no it's been good it's been good uh there are some things that come up like 
uh, you know, I've learned a little bit about black culture. Um, like when my boy fanboys out over Ayn Rand. Oh, yes. <laughs> Loves a good Atlas Shrugged. And I do love him, but I will never read that fucking book for him. That's, that's my meatloaf line. Uh, <laughs> but like when he fanboys out over Ayn Rand, I'm used to shutting down white boys in San Francisco who are libertarians by being like, shut up. Like, you're just coming from privilege. But he's actually like from the hood, um, or as he calls it, a lower income, predominantly African-American neighborhood in Pittsburgh. Uh, I wasn't really listening. I was more thinking about what I was going to talk over him with. Um, but I'm just I'm still getting the hang of black slang. All right, guys. Thank you so much for giving me an impromptu set. Give it up for Pam, yo. Annette lady, I'm so glad that you talked about black people. My ex-husband was black. Uh, we were together for uh, 13 years, married for seven, and I learned a lot about perspective. I was a virgin before I married him, and we had sex together, and people would say the same thing. They'd be like, he's got a huge dick, and I was like, hell yeah. I'd never watched porn. You know, I was 19 when I met him, and I was, we came from a Christian background, so I didn't see... I didn't know what dicks were like or whatever. So I was like, yeah, he's got a huge dick. He's got a huge dick, you know. And then he was the only person I ever slept with. And I left him when I was 32 and I moved to San Francisco. Uh, and I slept with my first white guy. And I was like, holy fuck, your dick is enormous. <laughs> and he was like pretty standard, like six inches. And I was like, oh, <laughs> perspective so i learned an important lesson moving here to san francisco thank you guys so much for hanging here at pemtasis comedy clubhouse here on mutiny radio thanks so much to annette coming in we've got sereni we've got jeremiah we have boris Shakurko. we had david zunzu running and we got dave uh mike spiegelman on the door and he has lfmnoat on sundays from two to four we have other comedians but they're not here and i forgot who they were and they didn't get their pot food so you guys gotta get it and we'll be back next week here on Pemtastics. Bye. Yay. I just put my brain.
bison here at the park. So this is not my. Favorite. 